Hey everybody, it's John. Uh, just a reminder to go check out patreon.com slash steal this beer. The show is brought to you by you. And so every time uh, you send us a couple of bucks, we're able to buy some beer for our guests and send them out and bring some cool people in. So thanks for all of your support over the last six years of this show. Uh, we couldn't have done it without you and we're going to keep doing it because of you. So thanks again. Again, patreon.com slash steal this beer. And here come the cops. about beer over beer by a couple of guys that think about beer way too much. All right. Hey, y'all. It's five o'clock on Monday. and We are stealing beer. I am Augie Carton. Hey, Augie Carton. How are you? I'm John Hall. Hey, John Hall. I'm, you know, I'm well. I, I'm fun. I'm being regaled with stories of uh, toppling Goliaths. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Which, which I enjoy, which I enjoy very much. So all sorts al- of dinosaurs. Always, always good to hear those tales. Um, yes. How are you, my friend? We So you and I have recently actually had beers right next to each other as, as long as six or seven days ago, right? So, it, yeah, so I feel when... like it's I feel much fresher than usual when we get to recording a show. Yeah, we were at your brewery. We were drinking Cascale and Pilsners and Oktoberfests or Fest beers, I should say, not Oktoberfests. But um, that was fun. Uh, the Jeff Allworth show. And yeah, I, I, it was it, it's I've had the last couple of weeks of sort of being back out in the world a little bit. You know, uh, our, our accomplice today, I got the to accomplice see him du jour. And, and, Let me yeah. do the introduction. So the accomplice yeah. du jour is. Bob Sylvester of Saint Somewhere Brewing, and the two of you are just regaling me of tales from the wee hours of Nashville and sour beer. I like that you think choices. that it was wee hours, but no, it was. <laughs> yeah. All right, so PM. high noon yeah. and sour beers yeah. and bad choices. It's all, it's all the hours. <laughs> all my all my very comfortable space. So uh, why don't you fill everybody in on what you're doing the week before you had perfectly dignified beverages with me and Allworth, <laughs> and you had undignified beverages with Bob. Oh, no, I had very <laughs> dignified beverages, um, but it, it, it was fun. You know, it, it, I kept hearing about all these festivals that were happening, and I, I have not been to a beer festival since probably 2019 because I didn't go to any last year um, that I can recall. Um, and so it, 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 it Funk Fest, which is put on by Brandon Jones and Linus Hall at Yazoo, Zooing, uh, Yazoo Brewing and Embrace the Funk, uh, they had their, what was it, Bob, their ninth? I think their ninth iteration of this festival. Uh, uh, they were calling it ninth annual, but I think it was. No, it was it was like third or fourth. Oh, I thought they had been doing this for nine years now. I don't think so. I, I could be wrong. In, I got bad information then. So it's either <laughs> third or fourth, or it's the ninth. Either way, um, but they did this really nice little festival. Um, it's invitational uh, in the brewery parking lot under a tent. They have food all day with you know these great barbecue pitmasters that are there. They have coffee uh, going and just brewers pouring from bottles. It's 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 like a really nice bottle share of all wild, spontaneous, uh, funky stuff of which Bob knows a, a, a great deal about. 
and it, I, it was really nice to be down there and really nice to, you know, be in a festival setting that was not, you know, teaming with people asking for the strongest beer or, you know, what's your, you know, what's your rare ticker or something like that. It was just kind of a, <laughs> nobody's a really ever said just, that sentence. Yeah. Just, just a really <laughs> fun fest and, you know, good folks like Chris Johnson from green bench were there and uh good word brewing and, and blackberry farm. And yeah, it was just, I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was a really oh, nice, oh. really nice, cool festival. Now, Bob, yeah. have you have you been off the circuit as long as John as well, or was this your first time back in a bit, or have you been kind of leaning into them along the way? Um, this is yeah. This is my first time back since probably March of two thousand. Wow. All right. So yeah, did you yeah. have any different read on it than John did? Like, I'm assuming you're more familiar with the southern aspect of what was impressing John. What about otherwise, as far as back on the scene? Um, it, you know, didn't miss a beat. Didn't seem to anyway. Uh, <laughs> that same weekend, or actually this whole month, seems to be really active all over the country. Um, you know, a lot of lot of fests going on. I, I really like Funk Fest because it's uh, it's about ninety percent brewers, and uh, you know, then they let uh, the other ten percent uh, come in <laughs> come in off the street. So it's um, yeah, it's a big it's a big brewers party, and uh, it's a great time. That's awesome. Uh, personally, now I'm going to my first real fest since. I think around the time you're talking about, I think my, my, I know my last real fest was called pastry town and it was like March of 20. And now in a month I'll be at pastry town as you know, somehow that's bookending me. Uh, but what I was noticing with right. my short window of experience in this kind of thing was as I tried to figure out where fests fit in my life. Cause what's funny is they can be wonderful or horrible that I found them to be more fun if they were run by brewers. You got any feel oh, yeah. read on that? You know what I mean? Cause there's different kinds and they want the ones that brewers are like, come on, brewer friends end up being like you were just describing, right? Am I missing any good windows there? Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, because brewers know what other brewers want and, uh, they also know how crappy some of the other, let, let's say for profit festivals are run well that's the key word right there profit yeah. Yeah. i mean they're, you know they're, they're all for profit some more than others but uh you know the, the commercial ones that have no brewery affiliation at all i i stopped doing those six eight years ago okay so so i'm not crazy to be like well maybe not no fun um cool so so let's talk about what now you are not currently brewing so at this fest what what was what were you up to at the fest were you bringing beers were you judging beers were you talking with hall i mean so many ways to go here what was your role at this fest um (laughs) just just hanging out and being an annoyance (laughs) <laughs> well so, done. which is, well, so, which is so what i do really, best yeah you really you really may be my spirit animal um because <laughs> even at the ones they begged me to go to that's what i think my role is um, <laughs> there you go no i, I it was I just went for fun um you know brandon invited me and it was uh my birthday weekend and uh i went yeah you got Good. to be there with the family which was nice yeah yeah, brought uh, brought my daughter Caroline. 
who has been my uh, traveling partner to beer fests all over the country. And uh, we always have a good time. Yeah. Right, that sounds perfect. I, uh, I usually feel a little guilty, you? you know, having bringing a, a 12 year old to drink at a beer festival, but well, <laughs> as long as they use it's very small cups, though, no one's going to judge you. It's not like yeah. you're giving her a pint. True. I mean, brew festivals use those 12 year old size cups anyway. <laughs> um, they, uh, they, they had they were like full rest owls uh, at this festival. Like, th- I have to say, it was like a really chill festival. Like, you go to a lot of places and you know, you get those four ounce, two ounce taster cups. Um, this was really civilized in, you know, people were not over pouring. They were not for, pouring full pints or full glasses. Everybody's taking little sips of everything, but having an adult sized glass uh, was really just refreshing in a lot of ways. And I think that goes back to what I was saying, you know, brewers know how to put on a good festival because they know what brewers want. And then that dribbles down to the rest of us. And Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that makes sense. Um, so I'm gonna digress here. So one, let me ask: um, Does Bob have the beers, Justin? Yes, he does. He had to pick them up from his post office yesterday, but he oh, does good, have good. them, right, Bob? Yeah, I I live uh, out in the woods, and we get nothing delivered. We oh, we, wow. bar- we barely get mail at all. <laughs> How awesome is that? Um, and then the next question is, is there any chance uh, Kennedy told you what we do on the show with the aluminum foil cover bottles and cans you got from us? Or are you just waiting for John to talk you through it? Because I um, never yeah, know anymore. I'm blind tasting. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fun. Um, so <laughs> let me ask Kennedy another question. Kennedy, yes. this is your jank- jankiest prep job in two years. <laughs> Um, both of my cans are horribly dented. Uh, I have three total cans. I'm assuming this one with the yellow hair tie on it for some reason is can one. I'm not sure that the, uh, that the number wear off. Yeah. It, it, all the number, I can't tell numbers on anything. I've got a tiny little can, two pine cans, both of which look like they were used for a street fight in a <laughs> pillowcase before they got to me. And then I have a bottle that's Brooklyn marked tradition. two two clearly yeah so the bottle there's... two n- number one is one of the pine cans uh okay do you remember which pine can you wrapped rubber bands around i don't remember but if you pull it down and it's kind of black at the top that will be number one if it's kind of brownish that'll be number three all right i i have aluminum at the top yeah my my number okay one i see no, i see black around it all right so yeah it's got to be number one all right okay. and what what did you have to defend yourself on the way to the post office? What you know, did you I do bought some, I bought some cheap uh, aluminum foil, and <laughs> that's why I had to wrap it in rubber bands. And then uh, <laughs> I, I don't know why I would have gotten dented up. I didn't. I think I packed it about the same way as I normally do. So I don't Bob, know. This is clear, Bob. Just for your heads up, this is clearly a sign of the you know supply issues that are going on in the world. Because when this show first started remote, we had artisanal like by period aluminum foil and now we've got <laughs> aluminum foil that we need to rubber band so clearly the well, patrons this is where you come in the global Please shipping crisis has yeah. hurt us in our approach anyway all right so now i know what to pour in my glass and i'm going to pour the rubber banded cheap foil beer and we can get back to talking about beer with bob um so everybody start your tasting and i'll do the intro in a couple seconds but anyway um so i want to hear more about this uh 
So this this general good nature, um, I'm sure the answer is a mix of all three, John and Bob, but kind of a read on it. Do you feel that sour made it this kind of more amicable situation? Being in the South made it kind of this more amicable situation or everybody having missed everybody for so long? And I know the answer is all three, but I'm wondering if it you sensed any. Yeah. But I'm wondering if you sensed any one as unique to the event over just that. I'm curious to hear Bob's thought because because I I definitely have thoughts on this, but I want to hear what Bob has to say. Um, <laughs> the 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 I mean, sour if you need a second, Let me know. Yeah, yeah. The the sour community, let's say, you know, meaning. Um, you know, old school <laughs> yeah. sour stuff. Yeah, the ten guys uh, in a parking lot. Yeah, yeah. That's the has has yeah. Uh, has gotten smaller, let's say, and um, just a little more focused. So you have less uh, curious people coming to festivals like this, and it was basically local Nashville. I don't think anybody other than a brewer flew in to go to this. <clears throat> It, well, <laughs> other than in, industry people. Okay. <laughs> um, but, I, you know, I've, I've been to a handful of, of these, um, you know, hyper-focused uh, festivals, and they're, they're all very similar. They're, as John described, they're great. Uh, everybody's patient. They're actually asking about the beer, how it was brewed, what went into it. Uh, you know, they, they want to talk about it rather than just, you know, slamming back two ounces at a time yeah yeah now and, yeah as as one of the original kind of old school uh saison farm wild whatever section of this part of the community we're talking about bob was everything there the type of beer you imagined would be at this kind of fest or did you bump into a lot of exploding can fruited sour type stuff no there were uh they, there were a few you know there was uh so so but, i'm not John, gonna name anybody out. they but... were clear no 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 you I, i'm not looking for that i don't even care like i don't mind those beers i'm just wondering you know if you do a funk fest do people still sneak in an electo cooler oh no um, no berliner no you just had breweries that you know, like to be able to pay the bills. So they mm -hmm. would, they were pouring, you know, some, some fruited, whatever. Um, I get it. But you know, it, it was, it was taken at face value. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not, I don't mind it. I'm just, like I said, when you call it funk fest, I feel like you owe the crowd that there's some Brett B or C in everything they drink that day. But these days, you know, if, Sour means so many things to so many people. I, I don't feel I get to take that for granted. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like I, I could show up to this thing with nothing but my Saison and some, you know, wild blend we did and then find out that I was in a sea of pink peppercorn and Gatorade powder and be like, oops, I misunderstood <laughs> again. Yep. And what's funny is I have Gatorade powder beers I could bring. I just always read words like funk wrong these days. Anyway, that's why I ask. Cool. I'm glad it was so much fun for everybody. Now let's talk about beer one. So what All brings right. us together on Steal This Beer is a candid conversation of beer. What it is, not what we thought it would be, which I've already illustrated. I'm very bad at anyway. Um, what it's doing, not what we wanted it to do, and how it tastes, not what we paid for it. 
to facilitate this, we drink blind out of, or at least John and I drink blind out of opaque black glasses. Uh, in these remote days, Kennedy mails us the beer, and I'm delighted to say the the today's panel all has it. Yeah. So let's start. I'll jump in. Um, brown lager, right? It's somebody's Martzen or Oktoberfest, depending on which way you fall. It's kind of pretty. It's got a neat. It's almost like it was whole cone hopped. I've got such an interesting green to the hop note, but otherwise it feels very kind of in line. It's not super ashy. It's not super sweet or caramely. It's just kind of pretty and dignified, clean ferment, you know, yeah, agreed. autumn beer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Old school hops, noble hops. Yeah. There's something Swedish, uh, sweet ish about this, not sweet. Lingonberries. Um, Lingonberries are the sweetest ingredients. Exactly. <laughs> um, there's something that's like sweet about this. I do get the noble hops off of this. I do get the, you know, the old school. Um, but there's that red berry on the back, uh, a little bit of light molasses as well. Like it, it, something of, I, I, I know it's, I am. Oxidation towards, is the word you're looking for. I, 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 I'm not. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm. Yeah. But the other part of it is. There, there. It, it, it is probably a Martin or or something along those lines. But it could also be a Vienna. Like, there's something that's very Sam Adams Boston Lagerish about this, and in that oh, wow. overly sweet kind of, you know, a little molassesy, little little caramel, little like whatever. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't. I see what you're saying, but what I yeah. think I like about it is. You know, that when we talk about the dignity and tension between the four ingredients and the five flavors, um, I like that when when those things creep towards the words you're using, they never make it there for me because those hops come in and slam it down again. Yeah. And the yeast. The first so Sam Adams has a particular yeast characteristic to me. Um, I'm not saying you're saying this is Sam Adams, but yeah that yeast carries a profile that sticks out to me um, as do most of the true Vienna inspired Mexican lagers. Mm -hmm. Whereas this one tastes very German, you know, hells or Pilsner yeast yeah. finish to me. It just shuts everything down. Even when the hops and malts are doing their thing, the yeast comes in as like, and now you're done and drink I some more. Yeah. And I'll point out that like Boston lager is not actually a Vienna. Um, it's, no, it's it's a classic. It, it's, it's a classic yeah. lager recipe from the late 1600s. I mean, come on, everybody knows that, <laughs> right? It certainly wasn't it's created. Li it's literally the it only thing that wasn't was created by the, the same guy who gave us Miller Lite. It, no, it was classic. <laughs> it classically that British lager recipe because you know the Brits were making tons of lagers back <sighs> in the 1500s. That was saved when they threw all the tea overboard in Boston Harbor. They were like, wait. <laughs> We must hold on to this. Is, this is now two weeks in a row where I'm giving Sam Adams grief um, for <laughs> various things, and that you're just gleefully joining in on, uh, on on all of it. All I'm saying is that when I have a Boston Lager, there is that red berry sweetness that comes along with it, and that this beer has that, I get um, that. in in that same vein, and that now for a Martzen or something like that, I want a little bit less of that sweetness there. I'm gonna Bob, have, imagine, imagine yeah, it was no, a real jump in, Bob. 
Bob, well, Bob's on, one of my Bob, favorite curmudgeons. I'm, I'm going to throw out a... Martin. Wait, I want to ask Bob a question before okay. we move away from Bob's last comment. Imagine it was a real Martin where they made it in March. We're releasing it end of September, as would be done. Is the oxidative note you're getting, which I think you're right, is making John stick out? Would this be in line with that kind of style? Because it'd be hard to store without with some JBF to pick up for that long, right? <laughs> John, I've never asked that. But you know what I mean? Is is this out of line for a if it was truly a traditional Martin? I'm not saying it wasn't just mishandled in two in six weeks. I'm just saying, would that be in line with a proper Martin? I would have to think no. Um, okay, that's why I ask. You know, it, it's it's in a should be lagered in a tank. Yep. Um, you know, and it should be airtight with, with, with no headspace. Yeah, but, yeah. I, oh. I could have been in the bottling process, or I. I'm just thinking this has been in the can a while. Hmm. See, because of the time of year, and because I really am keyed in on this being somebody's Oktoberfest, I imagine it's in the last ten weeks. But that could just be me putting shit on the beer. Um. Hmm. All right. So I think I think we've worn this puppy out. So the next thing we do, Bob, is talk about where we would drink it. Just so if somebody does have it at home, they're not overvaluing it or undervaluing it. And I think it's I think it'd be would be completely fine on the table with any kind of this time of your dinner, whatever you make. Pour this in a glass and drink it with it. And I think you'll be happy, John. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> So I'm like I'm on this Boston Lager kick now, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, and I'm thinking you wanted to a Red Sox game. Yeah, I'm thinking that this is this is the type of beer that I Boston grab Lager, at Justin's Bodega, and that I drink on the subway on the way home. This is my bad decision beer on the way home. Of I don't need one more beer, but you know this is here, and I'm gonna drink it on the subway. Like this is this is just this is this is a commuting beer for me. You, that. I like what you're saying, because the last time I bought a Boston Lager, I had been drinking at uh -huh. the Growler and I was getting on the boat home pretty yeah. drunk. Yeah. And at that on the dock bodega, grabbed a stovepipe of Boston Adams, Boston, yeah. whatever, in a can. Yeah, Boston Adams. That's what they call and them. Two, yeah. two sips later, actually just stopped drinking because it made <laughs> me realize the bad decision. But mostly because I was, you know, up to You're my just, waist in IPAs. And you were already swaying it, on the boat. Tried to, to chase it with yeah. a dunkle. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Bob, where would you drink this? Uh, I, I would drink this at, at like a neighborhood or community, you know, local Oktoberfest get yeah. together. All right. It, cool. it, 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 to me, it's coming off as, as very German. Yeah, me too. Me, meaning me it's too. it's. To me, I, I think it's I think it's been around a while. Um, right. It may even be last year's. <laughs> um, well, Kennedy, is that why it's tempted, yeah. Kennedy? Okay. It, it could be, but we'll see. So this is Browery Hofstetten from St. Martin, Austria. It's Austrian. There you go. Original Zeitbier von 1810. This is an original Mersen style beer. This beer is 180 years old. Served in 18. Yeah, nailed it. Yeah. Fuck it. Hey, Bob, yeah. your palate is as good as John <laughs> that, said. That is. Uh... <laughs> but this is yeah, I guess, it, I guess even in a perfect tank, it might pick up a little oxygen in, in you know, yeah. 230 years. Yeah. This is but, they're, years but they're too. still 200 years younger than Sam Adams. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I, I have a question on this, and I don't know if anybody can answer it because I, I can't 
seem to peel the the foil off. You have to take um, the rubber band off first. Okay. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm wondering if that if this is canned in Germany or if this is canned uh, just for the U.S. market. This is canned in Connecticut by B United. So I think okay. Well, oh, there, there's the oxidation. Is, yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's fun. But so I, Bob, you know what's funny about I, that is I'm going on record a, saying I hate all of that. Really, we've it, had beers from them that impressed me with their freshness, though. This is the first we've, we've also picked had up beers that, that have note. not impressed me with their freshness. So, true, 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 yeah. true, true, true. But this is the first time when we're like touch oxidize, and it's the oh, it came over in that metal box thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that I think that explains it. But uh, but that's what this is, Kennedy. You're confirming that that's not us sup- supposing. No, it, it says right here. You know. Yeah, it'll say on the can. So lagered at sea, I believe that's how they try to pitch <laughs> yes, that's, uh, at sea. Yes, exactly. Does that make it an IPA? <laughs> uh, IPL. <anyway>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'll show myself out. Hey, I'm going to try to redeem myself with a little bit of uh, journalistic fact checking here. So while uh, we were all talking, I sent Brandon Jones at Yazoo and embraced the Funkin' Note. And I said, uh, including the one two weeks ago, how many times have you done Funk Fest? And he just responded with nine times. The first huh. was in 2013. We held it at the Division Street Yazoo location the first three years and then moved it to the Barrel Cellar location where we were, Bob, uh, you know, 10 days ago. So yeah. n- now you know, nine years. See yourself so, uh, out, Bob. Wow. <laughs> yeah so thanks for coming on thanks everybody for listening good night, <laughs> good night everybody <laughs> you know you know john there's an approach to podcasting where we bring up the fact that you're completely right down the road and not in the moment with the guy on the mic but that's cool no, I like, no, that, avant-garde. No, that's avant-garde. Fine. this is this is uh you know i i, I john i've Hall known bob for long enough I, no i've known bob for long enough where i just i don't want to give him an inch um nice understandable I'm trying to build that relationship with you myself. Um, so, John, you seem to you seem to be baiting us to get to get Bob to be all curmudgeonly because you keep saying he's one of the classic curmudgeons and so on. What what would you like to hear him complain about? Because you know I will take the other side of any argument if it makes you happy. What what should Bob be pissed off about on our show? Uh, I'm not going well, to tell Bob. With, yeah, yeah. We can start with Be United. <laughs> all right. Let's hear it. What pisses you off about being united? It's going to be really hard for me to take the other side of this, but I'm going to try. Um, you know, I guess it goes back to uh, the U.S. market. If it's not in a can, it's crap kind of thing. Um, you know, they, they have, they're putting barley wines in a can. They're putting, you know, Dadal or a beer in a can. None of this is necessary. And then, uh, you know, I'll see people losing their shit oh my god this is so great it's in a can i'm like really were you drinking it in the bottle i don't know one of my pet peeves i'm not i'm not anti-can right you know there are certain beers that deserve a nicer appearing package you know nobody's gonna you know celebrate the birth of their child or you know, wedding anniversary by, you know, cracking a can open at a party. I don't know. You haven't oh, met some oh of my boy. cousins. I feel like, I feel like I'm just gonna, I feel like I'm just gonna give you my Facebook subscription and watch you see how many people literally welcome their child with a can of beer. But, um, and it's usually got, you know, some abstract repeating art on a sticker label, but, um, 
But I said I would take the other side of this, and I will. I, one, I will give you my deference to what you're talking about. So that when I, so I also am a, I'm a, I'm, I'm an enthusiast of all things that you can drink or eat. But for a while, there was that whole argument about screw caps versus corks on wines. And my simple answer was, look, there's no doubt screw caps are better for wine. But let's face it, there's a romance to wine. And do you really want to unscrew a Sauvignon Blanc at a picnic with your new girlfriend? Or do you want to pull a cork? So let's pick our battles. If it's something we want to see age and take seriously, let's trust in the tradition of the cork because we have hundreds of years for that. And if it's something we're just going to drink with dinner on a Tuesday, yeah, let's keep it in screw caps and let's make the world better. and Let's take TCA out of the equation. So I think my answer or my thinking on what you've just said is kind of the same. If it's something I want to age and age well, I think a can is way too good for beer to do that. in. you know what I mean? Like no headspace, no air gap, nothing. And, and so therefore it stays static for too long and it kind of just falls off a cliff instead of maturing. Um, so that would be my opinion there. And I think the romance again, like I know I would never open a 12 year old can of Cantillon, but a lot of this stuff that I just want to, taste for a first time to see, you know what i mean like i never want to buy serious things something i don't know and i'm not familiar with so i think i'd always rather have a can for that first taste and then kind of wish oh this is lovely and i'd like to age it can i get it in a bottle does that make any sense uh, I don't see a little wrong. bit but when when people let's say defend cans over bottles uh-huh um everything they talk about is perfect, not real world situations, you know, always here. <laughs> well, the, you know, the DO is so much lower. I'm like, is it? <laughs> Could I be, mean, might be that, uh, that depends on, uh, on, on who's filling it. I right. mean, in an ideal laboratory condition. Yeah. You know, dissolved oxygen after six months, it's going to be lower than it can. Is it in practice? No. Um, you know, well, I could bring cans to the beach. Well, you know, I lived in Florida all my life. There may be two beaches in the entire state that you can drink alcohol on. So that one's out. Right. Well, you're uh, breaking the law either way is what you're saying. Whether it's yeah. a can or bottle, you're, you're doing something yeah. wrong. Yeah. You can't, you can't okay, bring either you. one. And, and I got you. cans are so much more susceptible to temperature change True. compared to say like a, a heavy 750. Yeah, like a real 750. Yeah. A, uh, a, a four, you know, a pressure 750, not not a home bottle 750. Yeah. Uh, you know, on the way home from the grocery store, your six pack of cans can, you know, the temperature fluctuation is going to be tremendous from the store to the car, the trunk, you know, garage, whatever. Uh, it the, There's there's advantages both sides. Cans yeah, no, are not... Agreed. You know, cans have been around since the 30s. It, it's not all of the sudden they're, you know, God's gift to beer. Well, they, they are significantly better for the world for, well, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I completely agree with you, but there's only like one to 2% of beer being made these days that I think merits the downside of glass in the bigger picture like you're buying so little of it and you you're taking it so seriously 
And, you know, and, and you're talking to a guy who bottles all of his wild ferment stuff because I think it matters for aging. But other than that, even my most serious projects I put in cans because I believe everybody who's buying beer for me is buying for drinking one, drinking one or two with a friend and might save one. And if that's all they're going to do for a year or two, I'd rather it be in a can so that it starts off more recycled. It ends up more recycled. If it goes in a landfill, it's a lot less shit in a landfill kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Cause that, that really is what affects my decision on aluminum most. But, but again, that's a, a particularly American thing. Uh, you go to Europe, bottles are washed and refilled, recycled. You yeah. rarely see anything in a can, rarely. Belgium, yeah. you know, you go into a store with 300 beers, they may have five in a can. Uh, Germany, you know, most of it's export. They're doing some cans now just to, you know, I'll, I'll say pander to the market, but it, it's, yeah. it's really more of an American thing. Well, now, now you're going to my deep-seated hatred for the Crowler. Because <laughs> the thing I loved about the Growler was it was kind of that European thing you were talking about, right? Because there's also part of how far stuff moves and how much Belgian beer a Belgian drinks versus how much New Jersey beer a New Jerseyan drinks. But with the Growler, it was a thing for your locals to get fresh beer and reuse 50, 60 times. And it was this great thing. Whereas now we've turned the growler into one way thing that isn't actually good for the beer that we're shipping all over this, the country for trades. And I, it just breaks my heart that we took the only part of American beer that was, you know, reuse, repurpose, recycle, and yeah. it's just out the door. And we're like, Hey, let's make a bigger, heavier, less good can and throw it out the minute we're done using it. <laughs> And and fill um, it Im improperly most of the time. Yeah, I feel like I've done a bad job arguing with you. I'll try. I'll try harder <laughs> next. But while while we're on it, let's go to beer two, right? Damn it, John! Why bring on curmudgeons that agree with me? There's no fun. Uh, <laughs> because because I I love that this sort of illustrates that you are becoming one of the great curmudgeons in beer. Me right personally, now. oh thank yes. you. Your evolution has really. <laughs> It's 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 been a fun arc to watch. I'm still a don't yuck people's yum guy. You are. I am. I still embrace the uh, the joy and silliness too. Don't I, get I, me wrong. I, will, I just I made a banana cream nitro. I I will point out that <laughs> I'm I'm uh, here at the house. I'm down in my office in the in in the basement with the bar, and on the bar top right now is a can of Cezanne de Pont. And I don't yeah, know that, quite how I don't know quite how I feel about it, and I haven't opened it yet, and I haven't tried it yet. But it's, I'm, I'm conflicted. That that's and, one uh, that uh, has has really uh, broken my heart there, and and I I can't get a definitive answer on where those cans are filled. Uh, the label on it, frankly, it is not. I don't think they got TTB approval because it does not say brewed and canned or brewed here canned here uh, hang on yeah i'm gonna go grab yeah it. look at it. it it's not a legal uh ttb label you know ttb doesn't make me write that on my cans you're supposed to put uh where it's brewed and, and packaged i i actually do because i care 
But part of why I care is coming up, Six Point was being super shady on that and very much took advantage of the fact that even if you write that on there, it doesn't have to be accurate per se. Like, I I forget what the loophole was, but Six Point had some way of identifying everything as Brooklyn because that's where their corporation was, even though they never made beer and package in Brooklyn. Like well, it started in Pennsylvania. Yeah, they were out at the Lion Brewery. They were at the Lion in, uh, Scranton, Wilkesbury. Yeah. Yeah, there's an awkward time in their history where they go from one of the greatest local breweries of draft and growler to one of the worst breweries of cans. And then they kind of straighten that out. The, the Lion those was lion the dirtiest were bre- fucking horrible. Oh, the Lion Ears were in The Lion is one of the dirtiest breweries I've ever been through. But be- because of that, and because <laughs> they took advantage of that loophole, Bob, my cans have always said where I brewed it and where I canned it, even if I was gypsying, much to my, my like, it, it hurt me in the long run, right? So I, I would do beers like I wanted to do a beer to fuck around with Brian Strumpke eight years ago. And just didn't have a tank. So I got some I got some tank space at Smutty Nose and carefully made a can that said brewed and canned by carton, four carton at Smutty Nose at Smutty Nose. And people just didn't want it because it wasn't made by me in house. And I forgot you were up there following those rules. I could have easily just said, you know, carton brewing Atlantic Islands, New Jersey. And that was a fine way to label that because it was our contract. I know we have to talk about beer too, but I will say right now on this can, it does say brewed by Brasserie DuPont, uh, imported by Total Beverage Solutions, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. And then there is this uh, in-house created official seal looking official thing uh, that just says product of Belgium with a with a hop on it. Um, but yeah, it doesn't say where this was particularly canned and whether or not DuPont now has a canning line is there anybody besides be united doing this ship it in a bucket and we'll fill it over here i don't know justin nobody nobody does that shit oh hi Cass. hey our canner is here bob on the show we have the world's most official canning expert so (laughs) i have about i have about i have about 10 minutes before i gotta get on the shuttle for all right so here's where you here's where you add value here's where you add value (laughs) if it says brewed by dupont in Belgium, and it doesn't say be united on it. You're saying we can rest assured it was canned at least somewhere in Europe. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. But I, I can check. tell you for certain it's, it's not canned at DuPont. And there's no reference to the cans at all on any of the official DuPont websites, anything. Other than there's a there's an Instagram page that says something like Cezanne Dupont slash USA. Well, you know, I can I can make one of those and say, <laughs> you know, uh, West, Vlader, than me. West Vlader in <laughs> USA and, you know, post whatever the hell I want. I got you. So so a little more clarity. If only we had two world renowned investigative journalists of the beer sector <laughs> on this fucking show right now. I didn't know we were um, going to be talking about canning provenance, but like, of course, I'm now sending out messages to everybody that I know. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to get that. you. Yeah, and uh, and on the on the on the Edge Lord Radio Network schedule, we'll see this article from John in six and a half years. Um, that's, that's mean. Didn't we have Rodent back in the can recently? We did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, been, the, that the, was confusing. The, 
the moment <laughs> I see Orval in a can is when I quit drinking beer altogether. That's it. That's <laughs> I'm out done. The yep. All right. Well, uh, I've I, always I've always wanted to shotgun one. So you can I'll teach you the straw. That will happen. You're okay. I can teach you the straw trick. All right. So let's talk about beer two. Beer two. Uh, beer two is going to be one of the European beers we're talking about. One, because it's in a bottle shaped like a European bottle. But two, because it smells like candy and tastes wicked dry. So it's clearly Belgian. Um, anybody else got feedback on this for me? It feels a little old, feels a little tired, feels a little austere, but I can smell the candy syrup in the nose. So I'm assuming I'm drinking a Belgian, somebody's classic Belgian. I I think I know exactly what this beer is. <laughs> oh, God yeah? damn it. You don't have to tell us. That's not I love when we have the old school guys this. on because yeah. And then well, we give them old school beers. Let him reveal. Let, let Justin, Bob Justin, reveal. Justin could have sent these guys three or four other half cans and they'd be like, oh, <laughs> well, not knowing, uh, you know, John was involved. I, I fully uh, expected the can to be 450 North. <laughs> wow. wow. Just, just to mess wow. with me. Wow. You got to fight. <laughs> Wow. God, nobody respects you, John. It's not just me. I uh, <laughs> I'm first of all, I'm crushed by that. Um, but but second 450 of all, North is the two percent like, slushy beer. I just I gotta keep track. I don't ever yeah, know. no, that's that, 450 that's, North is the two percent slushy beer. That's like the worst kind of insult um that somebody could could level on you these days. So thanks, Bob. No, I didn't um, mean that as an insult. <laughs> I, I meant uh meant he meant you, you were being you doing dick. that just to you know. Just yeah. to yeah, we just to mess with Bob. One, I don't pick the beers, but but two, um, yeah, I probably would have done that if I was picking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, John, you never got to talk about it. You talk about it before before Kennedy goes. Um, I don't. Yeah, it's I, yeah. it's it's classic Belgium. It's a little flabby around the edges. Um, you know, it's got like a little. You know, nice peppery notes to it, a little bit of honey dry. sweetness, and uh, really intense carbonation on this one as well. Um, uh, like really full mouthfeel. Um, yeah, it finishes a little dry, but I, I'm getting a little bit more sweetness on the finish than than yeah, dryness. Same, um, same here. Uh, yeah, this is you know like. If it's a triple, it's a nice triple. If it's yeah. something else, I, you know. If it's I, a single, I, it's a boozy fucking single. No, it has a little bit too much of those, like, you know, Belgian yeast characteristics, I think, for it to be just a straight up single. Like, this is. Yeah, I agree. Um, That's what I'm, I'm saying. Gonna, it's, I'm going to guess that it's a, it's a well-aged uh, wit beer. Ooh. Really? Ooh, I didn't get any clover banana. Or like whip your like coriander, like, you know, like well-made who garden kind of thing or. Yeah. Okay. Or, or uh, St. Bernardus uh, wit, oh, I guess. Ah. which is what I was going to guess, but I could be way off. There's right. some, there's, I always think of those as having like a little bit more body to them. And I get like a, a faint boozy note on the end of it that I usually don't get, but. Oh, see, now you're messing with me and now I'm trying to. Right. But it, it doesn't matter. It's you know what it, you know. What you I know thought. it's not a competition. Tell us where you drink just... it. Tell us where you drink it. <laughs> yeah. Where are you drinking this, Bob? Uh, me? Uh, I would drink this with. Uh, you know, with a little cheese and crackers before a meal. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, kind of. Yeah, I hate to do that, but he's right. This is like an old Gouda beer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, this is this is one of those ones where I think for me, this is sort of making me think of like the shore. This is like my sunset beer. Uh, this is you spent the day on the beach. You're at the house taking a shower. You're getting ready for dinner kind of thing. And uh, just kind of. Yeah. So cheese and crackers kind of thing. It's the yeah, this, exactly. is, this is this is the witching hour. This is the happy hour, uh, the at home happy hour after a nice we, we've talked about. We've talked about the fact that my very best friend lives in Chicago and I have to go out there all the time. But growing up, his dad was one of those classic kind of gin drinking Princeton graduate guys who every day at five would have Triscuits and cheddar out. (laughs) Like no matter who you were, like you come by and you could slice the and I mean, like Cracker Barrel, like the the cheddar that is Triscuit sized. And I just I feel like if we if if I walked in with one of these beers and his spread of Triscuits and cheddar were out, I'd be like, yeah, perfect. Thanks, Terry. You're the best. Okay. Um, all right, moving on. So, so what is it? So as we, oh yeah, sorry, you better reveal it. I just assumed Bob was right. I wasn't even gonna buy. Yeah, it. no, it's, yeah, it's Saint Bernard's like, wit. Okay, right? Bob, yeah. moving on. Saint Bernard's wit. What is it? Bar, Bob was not right. Right, it's a triple uh, caramelly. Oh, oh, oh shit! <laughs> wow, this right. this doesn't come off anywhere as strong as it should really it's 8.4 percent according yeah. to the label it's a big beer yeah i had it up around eight i thought it was boozy. i was getting i was getting boozy notes on the finish but like i yeah i, I wouldn't have gone eight with it but and it's huh. it's not i you know i love belgian beer period this is generally not one of my favorites because as john said there there's there's quite a bit of sweetness on the back end um, yeah. If I'm gonna drink a a, a triple, it's it's got to be a little drier. Okay. You know, West Mala. I feel like maybe there's bottle variation going on here because the words you're saying are what I got on mine. Did you send everybody the same bottle? Has everybody opened and made sure it was you're holding a triple caramelized? Um, but mine, yeah, what? Remember my my comments where it's a little too dry. I smell candy, sugar, blah 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 blah. And there's a so what I'm saying, what Bob, yeah, the well, date cut on the back, this, a... this would be uh February 15th of this year. Yeah, at... That's mine too. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Well, you know what they say. There's no good wine, just good bottles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um all right. Uh so so Bob, I so, so Typically, we're, we're past where this show should have ended, but I'm not going to let it end on that note. No. Um, so we had, um, we had, um, <laughs> thanks, Cass. Cass, is our, Cass uh, is like in the hotel lobby. He's waiting Cass to get is on literally the shuttle. Shocked. Cass, Cass, Cass is shotgunning the first runs of War Volcano. Well, it, it, it's, it's funny you guys are drinking <laughs> triple Carmelite because I'm drinking a Patters beer uh, from a local brewery here in North Carolina from New Anthem. And I would like to just shout it out because Bob was also because you really towards, want their business. Yeah, well, he was also leaning towards the app beers and stuff from St. Bernardus. So uh, what proper beer to chime in on the day than with a low ABV Patters beer? That's what I love about you, Cass. You're definitely a method drinker <laughs> anyway, Bob. So. So He's we the had... Daniel Day Lewis of beer canners. <laughs> you <Yeah>. really are. <laughs> Deep, deep, deep. Nobody, nobody talked to cats except as Patter's beer until the end of the shoot. Um, beer is so fucking good. You have no idea. <laughs> well, bring some home, motherfucker. Yeah. It ain't anyway, no last, bro. You know where we live. 
you know how to find us. Um, so, Bob, we had a beer show up on the show that that had a list of ingredients that made no sense to me, including, I believe it was cotton candy, sugar and artificial something, you know, some coffee additive from Starbucks. Um, and it confused and befuddled us. And since that beer and my reaction to it, John and Justin seem to be stacking guys like you to see to because they seem to want us. They seem to want me to keep flaming this beer. And I never want to flame this beer because I really think if it makes you happy and the guy that brewed it is pleased with it, it should be there and it should go to the right people. And I hope everybody's fucking fun with it. I'm not one of those big picture. We need this thing things. But it had it has caused me to go to an internal dialogue that I'm going to try out on you as I try to explain. What was the beer, by the way? I don't know. Do you think I like? Do you know which twelve percent? I can't remember what it is. Like, do you know how much space I have in my? Oh, brain is this to hold was this the, the cotton candy I can't extract? Remember my beer? Yeah, yeah, that exactly. beer. Okay. No. I said cotton, cotton candy, candy is is just sugar. Sorry, right. I've been, I've been, I've been, <laughs> I'm trying to text <laughs> everybody that I know in Belgium right now, asking them the saison de pot question. Anyway, okay, focus. We're on a show. Trying. Anyway, anyway, um. But so the thing I've been trying to explain to friends of mine, especially with Pastry Town coming up, I was at a friend of mine's brewery recently who really does that kind of fuckery. It just dumps the thing he wants a beer to taste like into the beer. And I was trying to explain that, that I had no problem with that and everybody should do that. But for me, and maybe it's because I have a food background, but, but I don't want to put shit other people made into my beer. So if I've decided I want apple pie beer i'm going to find out what i love about an apple pie organize those ingredients the way i think they should taste and i would add them to the beer not buy somebody else's apple pie give them that control and flavor my stuff like their stuff so this is why i don't tend to fuck around with breakfast cereals and when i do fuck around with things like marshmallows i make the marshmallow in my house bring it to my brewery and add it to my beer so i'm wondering as a you know, a classic Saison brewer who fucks around with things like teas and has a good time. Is there a better way for me to explain those differences? Do you see those as differences? Or if I've made a marshmallow versus bought a marshmallow, is it no fucking different? I shouldn't marshmallow or, you know what I mean? Do you have no, any there, kind there's, of big There's a huge difference. There? Um, one of my, well, not one. Can't narrow it down to one. <laughs> I, I have, I have, I got a lot of problems with you people. No, um, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> to to me, the do? the issues in these overly adjunct beers are number one. The the FDA is going to get involved with beer. They just mm -hmm. are, because you have you know too many beers with other people's manufactured product, whether it's cereal, whatever. None of that's on the label. No ingredients are on the label. No nutritional information is on the label. And breweries are taking advantage of that. And there's, you know, there's some chatter from the FDA that they're going to step in and, and oversee beer. And that's going to cause a lot of problems with, with breweries, uh, a lot of expense with breweries. And, you know, I'd rather not see that. Yeah. Uh, number two. You know, there, there's a, I don't even want to give the state, but there, there was a brewer who started the whole puree beer thing. 
by buying somebody else's beer, filling crowlers halfway, then topping it off 50% with puree, selling it on a Tuesday or Thursday, and the consumer was going apeshit over them. Mm-hmm. You know, five-star ratings, best beer they ever had. The guy was selling out five, $6,000 worth of beer every Thursday. It, to me, it's, you know, it, it's disingenuous. It's a lie. It's not brewing anything. You're, you know, you're repackaging something. It's like Burger King buying McDonald's hamburgers and, and selling them as Burger King. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I, I, so, but I feel like that. So, in a conversation with uh, Caligione, he explained that some of the new things he was learning as he got folded into the Sam Ad- Sam Adams juggernaut was kind of generational in the idea of styles versus flavors. Mm-hmm. And and the reaction you just described from the five star people to me is a generational shift curmudgeons like you and I don't appreciate because beer flavors were your dad's flavors and you had to grow into them. Like friends of my friends of mine didn't come around to beer till their late teens, twenties because of things like bitterness. So when this generation that grew up on chicken fingers and, you know, (laughs) lunchables are like, it tastes just like blue raspberry because it is just blue raspberry like i get them being excited by that and for me it's like but how'd you do it oh you did it by putting blue raspberry in it well then where's the magic you know what i mean because beer was always a magical thing to me and in a world of cans of seltzer and all this thing where it's just literally go to iff buy cranberry lime flavor put it in water carbonate it add a shot of vodka make your 50 bucks I feel like the beer guys kind of have to do something like what you're describing to compete with the people shopping for flavors. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I understand where you're coming from on that. But as far as the generational thing, uh, beer has been relatively static for thousand years. Thousand years. <laughs> I was going to say yeah. about thousand, but uh, you know, now, <laughs> now all of a sudden, you know, oh, it's innovation. It's this, it's that. I'm like, eh, you know, bullshit. You're just, you're, you're, you're taking a mediocre beer and you're throwing a bunch of crap in it and, and putting it in a, you know, can with a cool label with a, you know, unicorn on it and, and, you know, putting it on Instagram and, and people lose their minds. Um, yeah. 15 years ago, you know, 20, 25 years ago, when I first started getting into beer, if someone would have told me we would be where we are now, I would have, I would have said, you're, you're absolutely insane. Because if you look at the wine market, scotch, bourbon, things are getting more narrow, more artisanal, more high end. Beer is going the other way. It's getting less artisanal, more bullshit, very low end, lowest common denominator. I, well, that's that's what breaks my heart. It just breaks but, my heart. But here's beer, where I beer is getting dumb. But here's where I outcrumudgeon you. I think ah. everything you believe about the other markets is a hundred percent bullshit. 
And it's just markets and labeling. We all uh-huh. know who's making those fucking bourbons that went in artisanal bottles with artisanal labels. Yeah. And we know there's no artisanship in it. And we even know that when my friends like Jesse open up their brewery distillery and actually make a true, you know, true real bourbon for themselves and come out four years after doing all the right things and didn't buy old stock from Maker's Mark and put it in a fucking chemist bottle. It's not even Maker's Mark. It's MGP out of Indiana. But yeah, right. well, that's why you're here, John, to know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But um, but. You know what I mean? Like, like when somebody actually does that and does it well, nobody gives a fuck because you could have bought the other, added five shots of fucking vanilla extract, told people it was a 17-year-old barrel mixed in with a whole bunch of fours, and you're a fucking genius, and you had to write four on it because that's the average age, and people fucking line up. People are buying candy, and those bourbons you're talking about are not more artisanal. They're more candy, and it's just, you know, those, those fucking change the world bourbons just taste more like vanilla cake than they used to. You used to have to deal with some heat and now you don't. And that's why I think the beer guys are jumping in too. I I don't think we're getting less artisanal. I think we're letting the tail wag the dog. Like when I was at that friend's brewery who literally is adding powdered ice cream to a stout and calling it an ice cream stout, he said, this is what they want. And my job is to make them happy. And that is an argument for flavor makers, right? Well, did you know? Did did you or I, you and I get into this business to make people oh, happy? No. no. Oh no, no! I never want people to be happy. But <laughs> let's face it, we're... yeah, six, six years in, I can I can totally. You no, know, we that, every, you know? every time John gets close to happy, I come right over the top. We wanted to get <laughs> in and and brew the best damn yeah. beer we possibly could. Right. Right. Um, you know, and back to the bourbon thing, um, no, nobody is, nobody is claiming fireball is <laughs> a, a five-star bourbon and lining up for, you know, fireball release. No, it's a six-star yeah. bourbon, obviously. Yeah. But, that, but they, that's but they what's did happening do that in the beer market. Your father's root beer. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, I, but I still, I still, and maybe I've got it wrong. There's so much shit I have wrong when I get these reads on things, but I feel like it's guys who didn't like Heineken who were always embarrassed by that, who now have a beer that tastes like a ring pop and they know they like ring pops and that's what's got them fucking ecstatic. Like you, like I grew up, so I've told this story on the podcast before, so I don't want to belabor it, but I'd have friends like mid high school age who were embarrassed by the fact that they didn't like beer. You know what I mean? Like we'd go to high school parties. They didn't want to be the Bartles and James guy or the Zima guy but they didn't like beer and I would take them out, make them sweat on a tennis court for three hours, give them a Miller light out of a bucket of ice. And they'd be like, Oh, I totally get it. And now they're beer drinkers, but there was a maturity to that that, learning that we're skipping over. That guy's existed for thousands of years. Yeah. But he didn't used to have to drink beer. (laughs) What would he drink? (laughs) Bourbon. Wine coolers. Literally, the spritzer goes all the way back to the late 60s, man. Bartles and James. <laughs> <laughs> I drank my share of Bartles and James. The Franzia coolers were the, you know, uh, the good stuff. If you're not but, if you're not cutting the corner off a of Franzia bag and try to get two liters in before you throw <laughs> up, you're not fucking drinking Franzia. My my theory on all this is we went from if you go back to the you know the Burrs Association numbers in 2012. 
there were something like 2,500 breweries yep. responsible for something like 6% of the beer market, total beer market. Mm-hmm. We now have almost 10,000 breweries and we've merely doubled the market share. It's like 13, 14%. Right. So we've quadrupled the number of breweries, but yet the market share has merely doubled. That's where this is coming in because brewers are having to reach out to people, as you said, don't like beer. Right. And don't and don't want beer. Yeah. And that's a shame. Yep. I get it. That's a valid point. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no doubt that's true. And, and maybe that's how it happens. I, I will tell you, I've clearly flipped the script. I made a four and a half percent can condition brown ale two weeks ago. And at the same time, brought that new Phantasm product in and made a pretty wonderful example of it. And the brown ale sold out twice as fast as the Phantasm because nobody comes to me for candy flavored beers anymore <laughs> because I've bitched about them so much. So at least the carton... We're making our money on, on you know, on experimentation and little brown ales. So maybe there's hope in the most bitter corner of New Jersey. I remain yeah. hopeful uh, for for well, old school I, beer drinking. Yeah, I, I, I've seen the you know the beer industry just absolutely ruin everything time and time again. <laughs> uh, John, you're right. I do love them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, yeah. if if you look back to, I was like, Bob's going to be on the show. Great. <laughs> <laughs> somewhere like 2011 2015 somewhere in there cascale exploded in the u.s i mean everybody and their brother was doing cascale and within like six months cascale became the new randall instead yeah, of there's doing, a hole in the top that's how you yeah, put the peeps in instead Obviously. of doing actual cascale <laughs> People right. were stuffing them full of like, you know, habaneros and, you know, mm-hmm. lifesavers and then filling it with finished carbonated beer <laughs> and habanero Boom, cascale. Yeah. yeah, let's have a cascale mm-hmm. party. Yeah, yeah I, I'm Bob I, Olson I, feels I, attacked. American right beer now. market loves to just fuck everything up. Yeah, we do, though. We do. I, I'm sad because you just took away my idea of cherry lifesavers as priming sugar. Um, <laughs> But uh, but no, I want to go. I want to just to to bring everything back to where it should be. I just want to prove John Hall wrong when he claimed I'm newly curmudgeonly. Eight years ago, I started a program where I put a proper beer engine in my brewery for Cascale and a Randall in my brewery for proper same, fuckery. I was going to say habaneros. Yeah. I remember so that, your Randall nights. Yeah, yeah. So so we could we could Randall things like Mexican lager through fried crickets. And do a proper ESB next to it on the beer engine, just so we could enter the conversation of peeps aren't priming. And if you knew the handshake, you could actually get a pour (laughs) off of the cask engine and they'd pour it through the Randall. (laughs) Never tell anybody that. That's a lie and it'll haunt me. Everything you say about Carton ends up coming true (laughs) because you say this shit. The thieves come into the brewery, talk to me about it. I get excited to prove them wrong and then I have to make the beer. It's fucking horrible what you do. Anyway, Bob, I fucking love you, man. You're welcome back anytime you want. This is fun. I love yeah, bitching about. I love bitching about my favorite thing in the world. Um, 
I literally so have I, nothing else to do. So yeah, I'm wide open. I don't know. Wayne, Wayne Wambles is coming over to your house this afternoon. You guys are going to like hang out and have a good time. Uh, actually, love- yeah. yeah. Wayne lives five miles from here. We're together all the time. Do you guys That's meet awesome. in the post office to pick up beer? We may. <laughs> <laughs> we, we should. <laughs> I, Wayne, uh, Wayne's, Wayne's really gotten into wine. So yeah, no, I know. I know. Yeah. Wayne was, Wayne was putting on his Facebook, like, I'm really into Santa Barbara, you know, Santa Barbara, Senso or whatever. Just kept throwing them, like, check this guy out, check this guy out. But I, I think we've lost Wayne from the me randomly texting Wayne, why am I having trouble finding this hop? And him giving me one of those amazing Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing that happened. I, uh, I missed that. I, I was supposed to go with him to, uh, to the the northwest for hop selection okay and uh and i i had covid after oh no sorry three three vaccinations i still ended up you know testing positive for covid so i couldn't go and in my head before that i pictured the movie sideways (laughs) and you know wayne being you know the hop guy i'm you know i i know enough about hops to brew a beer but that's about it and and uh you know i we just want to see Wayne that would have been a blast like, i am not drinking sabro yeah we <laughs> are not <laughs> fucking drinking sabro no matter how much the girls ask and me going i don't know this tastes good yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of got I'm, a little coconut like going this. on here. Yeah. 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 I mean, who does yeah. who does like coconut? Wait, wait. Yeah. Why, you be, why are you being such a curmudgeon? Yeah. That's hard. I thing. mean, he puts it in Hunapu, so you know oh, it's like boy. why not? Oh, he has put everything in Hunapu. Anyway, we're so over. We we're have so over. Guest, this is what happens when I curmudgeon. Anyway, I really appreciate <laughs> you Thanks, being Bob. here. Thanks so much, Cass. Have you checked out? Tell them how to give us money so we can do more shit like this. All right, Kennedy, you're up. All right, go to patreon.com slash stillthisbeer. You can give us patrons. Uh, go to stillthisbeer.com. You can write us letters, uh, comment on episodes. Go to our Facebook, which is facebook.com slash stillthisbeer. Um, and yeah, write us write us some letters. We, get, we had a couple, but we're way over. Right. So we gotta, well, we'll read it. We'll, right. we'll, we'll do them on the next show. The, 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 thieves, next the thieves will appreciate this episode. Cass, <laughs> Cass, Cass, you were teed up to do your one job. You let Kennedy do it, and then you show up again. I love and it. The best part is he's been telling us how low alcohol the beer he's drinking uh, is. So the how many have you had? Six. <laughs> nice. There you go. And, That's it. and a margarita. Well, well, you've, wow. you've about caught up to our uh, triple caramelite. There That's it right. is. Go get him, Cass. Hey, hey Bob, Bob thanks Sylvester, thanks so much. Thanks, yeah, Bob. thanks for having me. This was fun. Hey, y'all, get at us.